everybody. Thank you for continuing to listen to this podcast. I'm Kevin DeCristofano, and Sean Flanagan is not here, but we are still the Ninja Turtle nerds. Uh, we are here today to bring you the podcast where we go over every issue of the Ninja Turtle series one issue at a time. Today, we're talking about the third issue, issue number three, written and illustrated by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. It was pretty much all them until issue nine. So you're going to be hearing that a lot. They had a few people come in on inks then. And then like issue number 12, I think it is, is just Peter Laird. And then 13 is when they started having like guest artists. But anyway, pretty much just from here on out <laughs> until we say otherwise, I guess you can just assume it's Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Joining me today is Scott Tofty. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's definitely a pleasure, and uh, yeah, it's it's gr- it's great to have somebody to talk to here today. Sean, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, Sean. <laughs> Way um, to go, so th- Sean. <laughs> I don't know Sean. So, I do. I think I should badmouth him, but uh, sorry, Sean. I hope you're well. He's okay, isn't he? Yeah, he he just had to uh, work late, and uh, apparently he wasn't going to make the record. So oh, the oh, show this, must go on. This isn't work. Okay, I see what it is. <laughs> It's work for me. It's I'm doing all the editing and all that oh, stuff. <laughs> gee, I know a thing or two about that. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get into the issue. Issue number three came out yeah. in March of 1985, a lot after issue number two. Which let me see, I think I have a note on where that was because I know the first few issues were very staggered. Um, October. Right, and- and they were all like, this was still that time when they're like, we didn't even know if we were going to get more issues because like the first one sold gangbusters and then they were like, we make more now. And they have this <laughs> neat little story that goes pretty much until, I guess, what is it? Issue 11 or 12. But like, yeah. three and, like they were, they're still doing this out of their living room at this point, which is crazy. Yeah. And working their regular full-time jobs. Yeah. And like, like somehow, as a know, hobby. I, listen, I, I, I'm going to say this now. This is the book, issue three, is the book where the artwork grows up. So I don't know wh- <laughs> how much turtle stuff they were drawing between issues two and three, but like the line work is so much cleaner. The toning on that duo shade board is so much cleaner. Like everything just looks so, so good. All the artwork is amazing. The inking in particular is freaking fantastic in this issue oh absolutely yeah i actually had a note here where i wrote that i i think the the focus seemed to have been on this one the art over story because not a whole lot happens in this issue no it's it's but it looks amazing (laughs) yeah yeah and it's all this like you can tell it's nighttime there's all this like really high contrast shadow work um and like where the first couple issues were very i'll use the word like scratchy um there's just a smoothness to this one that I really, really appreciate, and in, in especially the ink work. One thing we do on the show is uh, tend to talk about the cover before we get into the issue because that's the first oh. thing you'll see. And then let's ignore uh, all that crap I just said. <laughs> well, no, no, no. That that still applies. I'm I just I'm just segueing uh, into this uh, little piece of trivia I have. So. We normally talk about the cover, and there's a, a st- interesting story about like an alternate cover for this one. I don't know if you know. I've I've heard it, yeah, yeah, and I've actually looked at my book to see if I've got it. But go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> there was an initial print run of five hundred, only five hundred copies for 
Uh, it was done ahead of, t- ahead of the main print for New York Comic Con in 1985. So there's only 500 copies of this version that exist, and it's almost identical. The, the difference is uh, most clearly seen in it's like a lighter blue shade in some areas, and the word leered, leered in Leard's photo is white on the alternate one. So if you have a copy of this and your leered photo is white, it's worth a lot more than a regular copy. See, I have I have the one that's like the, there's clearly light blue on the cover mixed in with the dark blue, but my layered photo is just the light blue, which was very upsetting. Yeah, I have a, I I checked my copy as well. It's it's sad when that happens. That's the type of thing where you always hope to find someone who doesn't know what they have and in, yeah, it's right. it's it's not like the alternate um printings of the first issue where you're going to find one that's worth less money like like the the th- <laughs> we talked about how the third printing of issue number 1 the blood goes uh further it goes all the way to the T so like but that just means you have a third printing and not a first one so that'll just that's prevent you from getting ripped I off have <laughs> <laughs> I paid that's the- $10 for it in 2002 nice uh, yeah, I don't, uh, However, I don't remember maybe how much you can I help paid me out. I know I've looked this up before. I think like mine, I'm pretty sure my issue three is of the first print run. Is there a way to tell multiple print runs apart on those? I mean, I have the blue, I have the basic cover, but I don't, it doesn't say like first, second printing anywhere in it. And I don't know like how to tell on this one. I think I've looked it up before and I'm pretty sure it's not like, I know it's not the New York Comic Con one, but I honestly I'm not sure which printing it is. Um, I actually I don't know off the top of my head um, how to other than the white the white leered yeah. thing. It's probably a first printing because I think the second print the second and third ones usually have like a letter inside the cover that are like "Welcome to the We're so oh, glad yeah. we got a second printing of this book" type thing. Yeah, um, they usually the, like announce it. Yeah, this just says, like, dear readers, welcome to the third issue of Ninja Turtles. It's our first book of the new year. We're psyched. Um, but let's, I mean, I want to, there's a couple of really cool things on the cover that I wanted to point out that are just sort of like Easter eggy. So you mentioned yeah. the layered photos, right? Did you notice the license plate on the van on the cover? Oh, uh, Toyed. It says F Toyed. The F is like obscured by a headlight <laughs> beam, but like it's clearly intended to be F toyed, like Fugitoid. Yeah. So I wonder if that makes this his first appearance and not I mean, so uh, later he's on. He's <laughs> not in it, I suppose, right? Technically. No. Yeah. Um, but you could tell that like this is clearly after the Fugitoid one shot book, or at least after they came out with the the concept for the Fugitoid character. Um, I think that, yeah, I think he pre existed Turtles. Yeah, no, so Mirage, from what I remember, they came out, it had to have been before issue, it might have been even before the second issue of Turtles. I'm, I'm not sure, so I, listeners will correct me on this, but I'm pretty sure they had the one-shot Fugitoid book that came out, but it, I mean, it essentially ties directly to this. They, I think they wrote it with the intention yeah. of eventually bringing him into the Turtleverse. Another thing that's on the, the cover here is this character that was later kind of homaged in the cart the 87 cartoon series yeah oh Uh, oh, that's right yeah the character of carter uh was heavily modeled off of this guy he's got the bone necklace and the dreadlocks and and looks just like him i don't know that i've ever put that together before (laughs) so he's i I mean he's a late addition he shows up in like the ninth season or so like when they had the red sky and stuff 
Yeah, which I still had. I don't even think I've gotten through all those episodes in my life yet. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> um, I do like on the back of the cover. There's like Pam Greer hanging out with some sailor dude. Um, <laughs> and then there's also on the front. There's this cool street sign on the the back. It has a no parking sign, but on the front, right under number three for a buck fifty. By the way, it says no nothing, which I just think is hilarious. Like, yeah, they did a lot of <laughs> wraparound covers. I'm just now realizing. Like I never. Yeah, I think it was one, two, three, four. I think five is the first one that didn't. Even the even the Raphael one shot, the first printing of the Raphael one shot. It's not really a wraparound, but it kind of it, it's a similar aesthetic to the first few turtle books. But I love the cover work. I think these covers are brilliant, and I love that they're oversized too. Yeah, they they but they're not magazine size like that. Um, like the the DC's been doing with Black Label. Like that's they're just like this weird awkward size. So moving on into the comic, uh, this picks us up right where two left us. They're kind of popping out from being crushed in that rubble. They, they made it through the sewer. And it's interesting to me that in the color version, again, I think we said this last episode, but in the colorized versions, April's in this jumpsuit, but it's purple. So it's, it's weird that they went with the jumpsuit, so, but didn't go full yellow. Is it like purple purple or is it like bluish purple? It's like, uh, I'd, say, I'd say more of a grayish purple. Okay, because they came out with, uh, I think it was NECA did uh, an April action figure based on the comic books, uh, specifically these this handful of books, and she's wearing like the bluish jumpsuit in it. I, th- I always thought it was so okay. funny they ended up going with yellow. And also, she only ever wears the jumpsuit in like half of one issue. Like, she changes. Yeah. By, like, <laughs> I don't know how it became so iconic. Jumpsuits apparently were a very big thing in the 80s. Yeah, I guess uh, for lab assistants, I don't know. <laughs> um, have you guys talked about the the Turtle Tracks letters column? Not specifically, no. I mean, there's some. I I won't get too much into it. I love picking up these old books and reading these just to sort of get a snapshot of the time the books came out. But every once in a while, if you read through the letters columns in the original Mirage books, you will find one by someone who eventually becomes employed by Mirage Comics, <laughs> which I think is that's, amazing. That's funny. I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but I know that's the case with a lot of like early Marvel um, letters to the yeah. editors. There's there's plenty of examples of like I think Frank Miller is one of them. He wrote into oh, wow. some Marvel book or something. So yeah, there's I love when that happens. The other thing that they have in here that I always would love, I, and I've never seen them. I've never seen anyone eBay these, is these 25-millimeter metal mini- miniatures. They're like little pewter miniatures that they're advertising. Yeah, that's uh, actually th- that's what like helped get the, the cartoon show made, or one of the things. because uh, Yeah, because well, it's like the, the only merchandise they, they had. Mm-hmm. And somebody was in like a, a hobby store and saw one of those. It's all detailed in the, the Turtle Power documentary, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah, Turtle Power. Yep. Yeah, he talks about going in and seeing those. And, and then, I don't know, they watched the Turtle Power documentary. We already recommended it plenty. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I've never seen one of those in the wild. It's, it's un, like, I'm curious how many were ever actually sold. So, story wise, I feel like this issue kind of ends up being. It feels like a deleted scene from the movie, which I'm assuming most listeners are mo- more familiar with the movie. Uh, that's that's one thing we're trying to do here on the, the podcast is make this a podcast where if people haven't read the comic book and they kind of want to get a gist of of what went on. They, they can hear it here. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to assume if you, you're listening, you, you like Ninja Turtles. So you watch the movie. <laughs> so they come home and the place is trashed and Raphael yells Splinter or Master Splinter, just Splinter. like in the movie. 
<laughs> and there's blood and mousers everywhere. He's tossing it around. And then at that point, that's where to me it starts to feel like almost like a deleted scene. Like it's it deviates. And like all of this is just the rest of the book is just kind of like action that show, shows off a lot of great facial expressions, a lot of great art. Like you were saying, the line work is really great. Uh, the, the, the shadow work is it's great. Basically, they get into a van with April. And I can summarize this whole issue like really quick. That's another thing I've been trying to do. I bet is you, can, summarize you can do it in two words. It's, it's car chase. <laughs> yeah, car chase. Car chase. <laughs> they get into the van, and it's the, the classic VW van you're used to seeing April drive. They, they drive by some police who mistake them. Apparently, there was a robbery in the area by someone driving the exact same van by coincidence. And April doesn't want to pull over. Because she's got a bunch of mutant turtles in the back. So there's a car chase. Yeah. And also she doesn't know why they're pulling them over. She's <laughs> true. Um, Which brings me to my next note here. Like, what would have happened if she had just pulled over? I mean, aside from the fact that we would have missed this in- entire issue. Because <laughs> she goes, she's, she's doing a lot of reckless driving here. She drives through a park at one point. Like, she could have killed some children. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of story wise, it's a little silly. Like it gets you to where you need to go, but it is kind of just like it feels like it's Kevin and Peter just going, "Man, it'd be fun. To, we haven't drawn any cars yeah. yet. Let's draw some cars." <laughs> I like drawing cars. What can we do to draw cars? An option I don't think they considered was April pulling over, and she could have just had the turtles kind of slump over in the back seat and said that they were costumes. She was going to some sci-fi movie being filmed or something like they 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 could have put on this whole act because they even say in the first issue the purple dragons think that they're wearing costumes so it's plausible that it passes not out of the realm of possibility like that sounds very much like this kevin and peter style at the time to be like oh it's just a bunch of costumes i'm going to a star trek convention because there's a lot of like they do a lot of like nerdy (laughs) references in these first few issues and that would totally fit Mm mm-hmm there's so many little moments in this book where, like, when they're driving, uh, I, I guess one of the turtles, I don't know which one, is like, this is just like Hill Street. Um, and then there's another scene later in the book when there's a bunch of cops pointing guns at somebody and they're, like, making all these cliched movie quotes and, ridic- like, cease and desist, make my day, punks, do not ambulate. Like, <laughs> dude, they're, they're so nerdy, but I love it so much. <laughs> At one point at April's apartment, Raphael asks for a beer, and I That's think she gets right. it for him, and, and <laughs> which uh, which took me by surprise. I'm like, they're teenagers, April. They can't have a beer. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, true. Although, like, <laughs> what they're they've been through some stuff, man. Like, <laughs> I feel like in the, all Turtle the stuff, years. crazy stuff they've been through, April's like, you know what? No one's gonna arrest me for providing alcohol to underage turtle <laughs> mutant minors. <laughs> Like, that is not going to be the thing that gets me in trouble. Um, it is funny, though. Like, I, there's there's a couple things I wanted to uh, mention. But uh, since we're talking about April's apartment, uh, second time around shop. Like, this is, you know, if you're familiar with the movie, yep. the second time around antique shop is something that is featured heavily in the film. And it's here. She walks mm-hmm. up the stairs. The shot of the turtles walking up the steps is almost the exact shot of them walking up the steps from the movie to go out onto the roof. 
Um, it looks very much like a panel that Peter drew. It's got that, like again, like issue one sort of turtle vibe. It doesn't look quite as clean as mm-hmm. some of Kevin's turtles. But I do love this whole thing of they're like just bumming around April's apartment and then they all pass out cold. She also mentions at one point that her dad had a stroke and left the store to her, which I don't think they yeah. say in the movie. No, I think in the movie he dies, right? Yeah, I think they're I think her parents are dead in the in the movie, but yeah. it's interesting that the IDW series picked that up and in in that book her father also had a stroke but he recovers from it and i think it's been a while since i read that like northampton run but i think he like used the mutagen or something to recover or something like that i don't know uh yeah i don't Point know you'd is have to they ask use that <laughs> someone you'd have to ask my buddy adam on that one he's much more up to date on the the idw <laughs> turtle run than i we'll am. be getting to those books in about five years awesome i look forward <laughs> to it um, there's a couple other places in this that are that are just great. Um, I mean, the car chase stuff is all awesome. They do a really good job of some dynamic artwork in here, like showing motion and like you don't. It doesn't feel like a chore reading it. Sometimes like trying to car chase in a comic book aren't always great. This is fun and it's funny. There's a moment where they're driving through the park and like they go over a pedestrian mm-hmm. bridge and like. These two people jump off, and I don't know who drew this, um, but what's up, 1980s comics? You have to draw the nipple outlines in the girl's dress. Like, <laughs> it is clear as day. I don't know why it's in there. It's completely unnecessary, but, like, one of the artists is like, haha, I'm going to be gross. <laughs> She's, like, <laughs> jumping off the bridge. She's, like, holding her dress down over her crotch. Like, Oh, yeah. I don't even need to turn to the page. I, like, have it in my memory. I, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, Ralphie, my new dress, she says. <laughs> I have a note here about the second printing. I don't think yours is a second printing because it says okay. uh, the second printing of this comic featured a new cover by Peter okay, Leard and Jim Lawson. That's so, what I thought. All right. Yeah, I have a first yeah. printing, but not the real first printing, like the second first printing. <laughs> and another thing I think we mentioned last episode, but since we're actually talking about this issue now, I got to bring it up again, is... When they did a trade paperback way back in the day uh, where they just labeled them book one and book two, the mm-hmm. epilogue to this issue was actually put a change to a prologue in issue four, which I think it works way better as the epilogue in this. Um, and uh, maybe we can yeah, talk more about that next episode. But Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I like it as an epilogue in this one just because there's, again, this whole book is just a car chase. If this had just ended... Where it ends, which is the turtles falling asleep in April's apartment after a car chase. It's like, okay, but nothing really happened. This is such a good tease yeah. for what comes next. Like, you get Splinter. Okay, well, okay. I got to rewind. First off, this is clearly, you know, I talked to Steve <laughs> Barron, the director of the 1990 movie, and he was like, you know, we basically tacked, we ripped pages out of comic books, heaven forbid, and tacked them on the wall as sort of storyboards when we were breaking the story for this movie. Mm-hmm. And the, you can tell exactly which panels um, they tear out. Oh, yeah. Everything Absolutely. in this book up until the epilogue, like you said, could have been in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. The epilogue in this is so it, – it's this is the essence of what the turtles become in the Mirage books, this sort of weird sci-fi futuristic kind of thing. Like the first half of this book is very oh. much like book one, like book 
too. It's rooted in mm-hmm. sort of kind of reality. And then by the end of this, you know, when Splinter's like going crazy fighting Mousers, we then find TCRI robot alien Utrom bodies. Like, what is going on? All bets are off. What is this book even anymore? <laughs> Exactly. And that's what I love about the turtles is they almost have like storylines for whatever you're in the mood for. It's like, are you in the mood for some <laughs> some kind of some kind of sci-fi? We got sci-fi. Do you want something spiritual? We've got spiritual like uh, like astral plane stories. Yeah. Uh, we, we've got reincarnation. We've got that. Are you looking for like some dark uh, ninja stuff? We got like they, they have like almost everything. And in a, a lot of franchises, that's a disaster, but they somehow make it all work. And I think part of it is because it's just such a ridiculous concept to begin with. And mm-hmm. the other part of it is somehow they managed to make it all tie together. Like, yeah, the fact that there's aliens at the end of this book, I mean, I guess at the time it probably would have been really weird. However, the payoffs in book four, five, six, the whole story arc that they go through like it ju- it just works it just works well you really, mentioned really turtle well. tracks and i think it's like issue like 6 or 7 uh after after issue 4 is my point uh somewhere in there there's turtle tracks where where readers are actually complaining about the turn and some of them are saying like i what happened this this was such a cool like dark uh secret ninja society type book and now all of a sudden it's it's sci-fi and they they responded basically saying like hey we're we're making the kind of stories we want to see we're big jack kirby fans and this is what we're going for yeah i'm just looking right now through the turtle tracks tmt in space you guys believe in covering all the genres don't you i can't wait to see how this turns out <laughs> um eileen fisher from groton massachusetts oh yeah, eileen so that's definitely issue 6 where they're yeah oh, we all know eileen right yeah. <laughs> she's on the, she's going to be on the show next um, week <laughs> I should try to track yeah, some of these people awesome. down. Oh my god, could you imagine? That's a podcast right there. We're tracking down people who wrote letters in Turtles in 1986. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I definitely remember reading some of that stuff. And like even as a someone who came to these books later but was familiar with sort of the zaniness of the cartoon, like mm-hmm. it's I I love it, man. And to me like it would have been great to see a Turtles movie that, inv- you know, involved Triceratons oh, yeah. or, you know, Utroms or the giant cow head thing, you know? Like, why not? I really hope Let's we just, get something like that soon. I know they're, um, yeah. I know, yeah. I know they have a Turtles movie in production right now. I actually just watched, uh, this, th- there's a, a YouTube channel. I wish I remembered the name of it. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Is it the old sewer den? It might be where he, cause that dude posts awesome videos about like all the rumors and stuff going on. I think it is. He had a really cool video where there was a red carpet thing going with uh, the the people who are about to produce the new Ninja Turtle oh, yeah. movie, and it looked like they weren't supposed to say what they said um, because yeah. they were. They, they, one of them That's said him. something like, "Oh, after after a Quiet Place two, we're going to be working on a Ninja Turtle movie," and then the other one was like, "You're not supposed to say that yet," yeah. or something like that. Well, so. I know it's a, a comics podcast, but, you know, my sort of inside poop on all of this was we are in touch with a couple of actors from the first film and some agents who worked for those actors. And I've definitely heard rumblings that there was at least talk uh, in sort of the Hollywood circles about doing a more back to rubber suits style mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles 
project. They the need to future. find themselves four um, Tom Hollands is what they need. Just some acrobats. Basically. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a Netflix series that's a little bit more like, you know, what we saw in the early 90s mm-hmm. on film. I don't know if it'll be a full fledged movie, but I think that was another thing. I mean, he did post so that on his channel was that there was a, a writer mentioning that, that that was supposed to be announced at the last Comic Con. But for some reason, it wasn't that they were working on a TV show, a live action one. Yeah. By the way, Robbie Rist, who played the voice of Michelangelo, still wants to be Michelangelo's voice. So if you, you know, go over to Twitter and Facebook, you can get in touch with him and he's, you know, just support Robbie Rist. I'd love to hear him back as Michelangelo. It would be a lot of fun. Well, while we're on the subject, because I think we've pretty much talked about the issue uh, a good amount, is why don't why don't you uh, tell the listeners why you know all those things? What's what are your other projects that you've been oh, working on? Well, <laughs> so. For the last couple of years, I've been one of four co-hosts on this podcast called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute uh, over at Dueling Genre Productions, uh, tmntminute.com, wherever you get your podcasts, <laughs> all that jazz. But what we do is we talk about the films uh, similarly to how you do the comic books, except we do it one minute of film at a time. So every 20-minute episode that we produce only covers 60 seconds of movie time. So we've gotten into some minutia and we've gotten some really cool guests over the years. You know, we started by talking to uh, MC golden voice of partners in crime mm-hmm. who did that famous uh, T U R T L E power yep. song. I'm actually fun story uh, hanging out with him this weekend and talking oh, about wow. some possible music production stuff. Yeah. And then we got, you know, Steve Barron came on the show via Skype and gave us a really great interview, even though our internet completely bonked through the whole thing. <laughs> Um, we talked to Kevin Eastman. We talked to my my favorite interview. Uh, well, I guess tied top two favorite interviews would have been uh, John Dupre, mm-hmm. who was the composer of the films, and then Robbie Rist, who was just super gracious and hilarious. You know, voice of Michelangelo. We talked to Michel and Sisti. We talked to uh, 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 Francois Chow, who played Shredder in the second movie. So we've gotten a bunch of really cool people on our show from these films, uh, in addition to just talking through the movies for two seasons and my crew adam rachel and chris uh and i have started to discuss when we might consider doing ninja turtles 3 we've done the first one we just finished secret of the ooze this year and uh we're talking about you know in a little while after a nice little break getting back and doing turtles 3 i like that you did not at any point call it turtles in time It's not called I know. Turtles in it's Time. It's so Kevin, aggravating. And everybody knows that. No, they don't. <laughs> and that's what makes me so angry that it's actually been a running. How did that happen? It's been a running joke with my friends about how angry I get about that. And I, I mean, what clearly happened was like that Mandela effect with the uh, the Super Nintendo game being, the video being Turtles game, in Time. Right. But it's, I always say the same thing. I'm like, it's not on the cover. It's not on the poster. It's not on the title card. It's not on the credits. Nowhere. Does it say Turtles in Time except for no. the Blu-rays that they like did after the fact? But ugh. Right. Was it called Turtles in Time like overseas anywhere? I don't think so. Did it get a subtitle somewhere else in the world? I don't think so either. But that's just like that's one of those weird like Bernstein, Bernstein things. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. No. But anyway, that's what I do. And that's how I, you know, I, I've, you know, gotten lucky enough to get pretty deep into the Turtles universe and get to know a bunch of other podcasters. A uh, bunch of other really cool Ninja Turtles fans that are out there. You know, we we 
try to keep up with our social media pretty well while we're in production, and we have a lot of good conversations with people like yourself, um, who are members of our Facebook group, and and uh, you know, it, the turtle community is an awesome community, and it's like ninety nine percent super positive all the time, and every once in a while you get a weirdo. But, you know. <laughs> Weirdos are cool. Weirdos are cruel too, I guess. But uh, yeah, so that's what I do. So I'm super excited to be here. We, I mean, we reference the comics, especially in the first movie, just because the first movie pulls from this first 12 issues or so, mm-hmm. so heavily. You know, it pulls from uh, this issue. It actually doesn't even pull from the first issue very much, which is kind of weird. Um, it pulls a lot from the um, the Leonardo one shot. Is like half of that yep. book is straight up the movie Mm -hmm. you know so as for us listeners if you want to contact uh the ninja turtle nerds you can email us at tmntnerds at gmail.com we finally have uh the twitter and all the stuff i said i'd get up get set up last time we've got a twitter tmnt nerds uh instagram tmnt nerds all that stuff and we actually set up a patreon so if you're if you're listening and you're like how do i get those people some money we got uh the Ninja Turtle nerds on Patreon. So all those things are finally set up now and please, everybody should give you guys lots of money. Podcasting <laughs> is hard work. I don't think, I don't think the average layperson understands how much time goes into making one of these things for free. Exactly. So give them yeah. money. Go give them all your money. So, uh, so listen to Scott and also rate review and subscribe. And actually something Sean and I discussed, even though he couldn't be here today is a new goal that we have for the show. So, it's always like pulling teeth. You know, you have a podcast, Scott, to get ratings for your show on iTunes. Oh, yeah. So what Sean and I came up with is if we can get 25 people to rate and review our show, we will do some books off of the main story as bonus episodes. So in between issues three and four right here, the Raphael one shot takes place. Oh, and it's so good. So It's so good. If, oh, I want to hear that episode. They'd better <laughs> review your show. So, yeah, if we can get 25 reviews, we will do not just that, but all four of the turtle, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, all four of the one shots, and we'll upload them as bonus episodes. So please leave us some reviews, and you'll get some bonus episodes. You don't even have to Patreon for that. So... That's pretty much all I have for this issue. Uh, do you have anything else you wanted to say today, Scott? Uh, I just wanted to say uh, that this has been a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to coming back for issue four. All right, so let's get to that, and you guys will hear that next week. And until then, thank you very much. Hey, everybody. So even though Sean wasn't able to record with Scott and I when we did issues number three and four, he was able to send me his thoughts on the comics in between us recording the episodes and me editing the episodes. So he is working on getting a new recording set up. So please just forgive his audio track having a little bit of a hiss to it. It'll be straightened out by the time he comes back for issue number five. Anyway, without any further ado, here is Sean and his thoughts on issue number three. Hello and welcome to Ninja Turtle Nerds. I'm Sean Flanagan. My apologies for missing the last recording. Got a new job, getting used to the hours, so was still there that night. But here, here are my thoughts on issue three of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
So as as Kevin <clears throat> and I were kind of talking about on the last episode, th- there was a slight dip in quality between issue one and two of Turtles, but I feel like it goes right back up. For some reason, I feel like this cover with the turtles in the van escaping the cops is iconic, but I don't feel like I've seen it anywhere. <laughs> I just feel like it's iconic. It looks iconic, I don't know, and I like the little uh, layered photo in the background. And then you get some classic Leo and Raph stuff. So Raph, of course, flips out, and he's going to go find Master Splinter. So they, they use this thing called a payphone. I don't know if you, you younger folks remember what that is, but uh, I feel like Leonardo has been waiting to navigate through a chase. Like, I don't know if, like, he was watching them on the news, or he really likes car chases because he's navigating this whole thing. And, you know, April does a surprisingly good job for having never been in a high-speed chase. So when they are driving recklessly through the park, there's a guy who jumps off a bridge to get out of the way, and he yells, holy hippo spit. So I think that should get brought back. I think my favorite panel so far, just because it feels so alive when you look at it, is when one of the police cars smashes through a storefront. You know, you get another great sound effect of scratch. But just the image is so cool looking. Maybe, you know, we'll put it up on the uh, Twitter and the Instagram, but it's them driving into the storefront of a paint store, but... I don't know, it's just really, really cool looking. And there's a nice little moment of the turtles thanking April, and they're uh, getting ready in the living room to go to sleep, and she leaves for a second to, you know, go get them a drink, and she comes back, and they're all conked out. It's just a nice moment. I just like it. So that's my thoughts on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three. I'll be back to give my thoughts on four, and then... uh. I'll be there live and in person as we tackle issue five. So uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you later.